You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we bless your name. Thank you, thank you for this time of praise and worship. Thank you. Lord, thank you for your verses that you use day in, day out for us. Thank you. Thank you for this great presence into which we have been ushered, the presence of the Almighty. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we stand in awe of you. We lift our hands in worship. We salute you, Most High, King of all nations, the one who rules in the affairs of men, he whose throne is in heaven, who makes the earth his footstool. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Mediator of the new covenant, you who stands between man and God and brought us into the family of God. We thank you. We thank you because you are seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints. Thank you, Lord God, because therefore there is now no condemnation for us because you are interceding for us. Because by your spirit we walk in accordance to the will of God. We bless your name. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the enabler for our Christian journey. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord God, for the gifts that it brings. Thank you for the fruits that we show by reason of our interaction with him. Lord, we worship you. We bless your name. Thank you for the light that shines through us. A confirmation of your grace upon us. Lord, we thank you. We do not take these things for granted. We bless your holy name. Thank you for an opportunity to come before you. The opportunity of access. It's a privilege. We do not take this privilege for granted. We enter it with thanksgiving. We praise and we give you thanks. We do not complain this morning. We give you thanks. We give you thanks for all that you've done, for all that you are doing for our nation, Nigeria. We give you thanks, Lord God, for our loved ones. We give you thanks because we still have a nation called Nigeria. We give you thanks. Glory to you, Jehovah, Lord. We worship your name, our preserver, our keeper, our deliverer, our protector. I everything, Lord God, we want to salute you this morning. We say thank you. We begin with thanksgiving. Lord, let our thanks be acceptable before you in the name of Jesus Christ. As we go into your word, as we open scriptures. Lord, teach us. Rabbi, you are the great teacher. Lord, teach us. In the name of Jesus Christ, communicate to us the mind of the Father. Lord God, even concerning the subject for our consideration today, in the name of Jesus Christ. At the end, Lord, let everyone be blessed. Let us go on with something. Let us take something out of this service. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Awesome. Such a beautiful morning. Such a great day to be together again. It's always a pleasure for me to have an opportunity to bring you God's word. It's a privilege. It's not my right. It's a privilege. And I celebrate you for being part of this. I give God thanks for your life. You come in week in, week out. You're not tired. You bring your friends. This is remarkable. These things get noted in heaven. If man can note this, how much more heaven? We, our own records can be spoiled. The files can be deleted. Fire can burn the physical files. But in heaven, there is guarantee that the data that is saved is secure and it is saved in heaven that you are doing god's word you invite others you you make sure this service goes on i thank you especially those of you behind the scenes who make this happen 
the, the team that is behind this team, the new wine technical team, God bless you. I pray for, for you from the bottom of my heart that the Lord will increase you, that the Lord will lift you. You know yourselves, those of you who put together the sound, those of you who do the editing, those of you who do the flyers, those of you who do the announcement, who do the publicity, who do the coordination, who do the airing. May the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. And for as many of you who use your data to join, you do not say, oh, I, I, I just don't want to join. I'm just going to hear the, the second-hand information from someone else. You come, you also pay the price to hear the word. May the Lord bless you. May He reward you in the name of Jesus. These investments you are making into your future, may they count for you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, it's an investment you make. When you come to the presence of God, when you listen to the word of God, it's an investment you are making. When you worship God, you are sending something ahead of you. You know why gates open before people knock? Ah, when you enter certain places, you see gates are opening. Some things have gone ahead of you. Praise is one of those things that goes ahead of you. Worship is one of those things that goes ahead of you. Prayer is one of those things that go ahead of you. And we will do a lot more of all these dimensions of worship and service. Even in these programs, from Saturday to Saturday, God will help us. Uh, I know we are constrained for time. But in, in the midst of all that, God will help us to be able to bring in all the elements that we need for our holistic spiritual growth in the name of Jesus Christ. You will recall that last week we began a sermon series called The Ships of Life. And we took time, extensive time actually, to lay a foundation about ship and shipping. And we went on to the topic of the day which was on leadership. So if you missed that service, it's very simple. You can send us a message on this platform or you reach out to any one of us via any other platform to get you a copy of the message and we will make that available to you. It's a good investment to receive, download, listen and obey the word of God. It's always a good one. But we're not going to lay again the foundation that we laid last week. We'll move on to our topic for today, which is citizenship. What did I call it? Citizenship. In fact, this is a very important ship. After the ship of leadership, the next ship that we need to consider is citizenship. You know, today in our country, Nigeria, today is June 12th. And today is supposed to be a day, you know, of a lot of excitement. It's democracy day, right? Excitement, celebration, you know, all those positive vibes. People going out wearing green, white, green. Everybody feeling cool. Rejoicing that our nation is celebrating something worth celebrating. You know, we've had stints of democracy in time past. But from the year 1999, we began a new journey that has been continuous, you know, from that time up to now. So it's, it's, it's something that we should want to celebrate. But the mood in the nation today does not in any way give any indication for that celebration. When you look around you in terms of security, in terms of freedom of speech, in terms of everything, education, power, infrastructure, you're asking yourself, what is really the value of Nigeria's citizenship? You know why you're asking that question? There's another ship that can affect citizenship. That ship is leadership. If leadership is poor, citizenship will be frustrating. So we want to look at citizenship today. Many people, you know, have been talking about Plan B. You know, Plan B is trending. You know why Plan B is trending? because things don't look good or promising. So people are beginning to see, how do I check out? Unfortunately, not everybody can Plan B. Hmm? Not everybody can afford what it takes to do a plan B. So the majority of us are still going to be here anyways. 
so we have to we have to make this place better or we have to create an alternative that is not a physical alternative you're not getting my point the bible says if only in this world we have hope in christ we have of all men the most miserable first corinthians 15 19 so some of us already have our plan it's not plan b actually it's the name plan is the main plan. Thank God for a green passport. In fact, I, th- I think they've stopped issuing green passport for now. There's a lot of backlogs of people who have applied over two years and not been able to get their passport. So at the moment, we're not, not even issuing any new green passports. There's no uh, booklets. I have been hearing for two years. That's amazing. Thank God for your green passport. For those of you that have blue passport, red passport, whatever color of passport, thank God for your life. There is a passport we have. That is not paper. It's by the blood. Hmm? So we enter by the blood. Everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior has a passport to heaven. That passport was bought by blood. It cannot be counterfeited. You cannot use another person's picture on the passport. There is a chip inside that passport scanned by heaven. There is a book, the book of life, where those who hold that passport, their names are written. That's where you scan where you want to enter. So we thank God for that passport. And this is what we're going to be focusing on. I'm a citizen of heaven by virtue of my believing in Jesus Christ and the work he has done for me. For as many believers who are listening this morning, you also are citizens. And for those of us who are listening, who are not yet sure if we are believers or unbelievers, please follow us together. We will explore what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. What does it look like to be in the ship called the citizenship? Of the kingdom of heaven. Are there rights, privileges, benefits, duties? Are there behaviors that are acceptable and not acceptable in this ship called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven? Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from verse 17. This will be our focus today citizenship we're looking at it from the point of view of our citizenship of heaven as believers chapter seven uh, chapter three from verse 17 says brethren join in following my example and not those who so walk as you have us for a pattern for many walk of whom i have told you often even telling you now weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame why? who set their mind on earthly things verse 20 for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. You know, we talk about transformation of the mind. Here the Bible is talking about a future transformation to conform our body to his kind of body you know there is a kind of body that jesus carried when he rose up from the dead that enabled him both to eat food and to walk through walls at the same time 
He's talking about that kind of body. He's talking about the kind of body that Jesus had that made him to be talking to people, speaking their language, and right in their presence was levitating in their presence, rising against gravity into heavens. He's talking about that kind of body. So he's saying that in addition to being on earth, we are citizens of heaven. However, because we are citizens of heaven and dwelling on earth, he said we should not be like those who are going to make a shipwreck of their faith. Those whose God is their belly who look and set their mind on earthly things. So we should not be like that. For our citizenship is in heaven. What is this citizenship? When we talk about citizenship, what are we talking about? It's a position or status of being a citizen of a country. So you can be a citizen of Nigeria, a citizen of the US, a citizen of any of the countries in Europe, a citizen. Many people don't like being citizens of other African countries like Sudan, citizen of Ethiopia. So being in the ship called citizenship means that you have a position, you have a seat in that boat, in that big boat called citizenship where you have the status of a citizen of a particular nation or country. And there are different ways of entering this ship called citizenship. The ship called citizenship, there are many, many, many ways of entering. One of the most popular ways is called birth. So you can enter the ship of citizenship by birth. I'm going somewhere. I'm starting from the natural to use to establish an understanding for the supernatural. You know, Jesus did this severally. He will use physical examples to teach spiritual wisdom and principles. If we do not understand the physical, we can't understand the spiritual. Teaching goes from known to unknown. Simple to complex. Hmm? So it's the same principle we're using. So to become a citizen of a country, many modes of entry of that boat called citizenship, you can enter by birth. So this is the one we don't like as Nigerians. You know, because it's not your choice. Imagine, you know, you, I've heard about different stories that somebody would just be joking and say, Oh God, why did they give birth to me in Nigeria? What was my daddy or mommy? What were they doing? Why did they give birth to me in Nigeria? Why didn't they just go and give birth to me in America? Sorry. You do not have a choice in this matter. So birth is one very easy way. No, it's not all countries. You can give birth to in some countries and you are not a citizen of that country. There are other requirements that you need to meet. But this is the popular, most popular way of becoming citizen of a nation through birth. Another way of becoming a citizen is what they call naturalization. You know, so when a foreigner meets certain requirements, you know, you need to have done so, 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 and so. You need to have lived in this country for so, 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 and so time. Or you need to have married somebody in this nation and lived with the person for maybe so, 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 and so number of years. You know, different ways. So you have been there, you have been living there as a resident alien. So you need to meet certain criteria and they will give you citizenship, right? Some may not even require you to leave. Maybe it's by marital status. You are married to somebody in that place. They can give you citizenship depending on the nation. So different nations have different standards for naturalization. Another very popular way of becoming citizen of a place is by investment and we, we remember someone very popular who uh, after having a very serious case of um 
integrity issues in our country, went somewhere, bought citizenship of that place. So you can actually buy citizenship. You can pay money to buy citizenship and you do it in different ways. In fact, you recall from scriptures that Paul the Apostle at some point was boasting about this Roman citizenship. This is something that costs some people money. So he said, see, I have it. I know some people paid a lot of money to get it. So you can actually pay money to get citizenship. And in some Caribbean countries, you pay a lot of money and you get your citizenship. You buy a house or you start a business or something. You buy into a property and you get uh, citizenship. So it's, it's one way of getting citizenship. A very popular way of getting citizenship in these days is what we call selection. Selection where a country, you know, asks you to, to make an application. You make application. You know, these days... IELTS is very popular. You know what I'm talking about. So you make an application uh, to become a citizen of a country. Of course, they have very clear guidelines. It's not everybody that applies that gets selected. Many apply. Few are chosen. Few are selected. Guess what? When these countries want to select, they select using criteria that ensure that only the best come to their nation. You are not getting it. They say, oh, we, we're looking for people who are under so-so-so age group. That is, you still have energy. You are youth and you are youthful. You have energy. You are qualified. We're looking for people who can pass this kind of exam. So for you to pass that exam, they know that your head is not empty. You have something in your head. We are looking for people who will score so-so-so and so banned. When we weight your work experience with your academic qualification, with your performance in this exam, uh, you, and you tell us how much you have in your in your bank account, so we know if you are going to be a liability in our country or not. So they know what they are doing. Countries of the world, when they are selecting people for citizenship, they look for the best from another country. That's not how God selects. <laughs> you see, in fact, when God wants to select people, from the earth, from the world, to become citizens of heaven. He looks for the worst. Those of us who are not qualified. Those of us who have no merit. Those of us who cannot merit anything. He chooses us. So that he can use it to confuse those who think they have something. He chooses those of us who are sinners. Who have done many bad things. He calls us and says, you are welcome. If you will accept my plan. If you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he alone has the capacity to save you and you not of yourself. So God chooses the worst from the people. Nations of the earth choose their best when they want to select citizenship from other nations. But that's not the only... Um, those are not the only four ways of entering the, the boat called citizenship. There's another way called confirmment. When you just confer honorary citizenship on somebody... And this is happening in some countries too. You know, they just look at somebody and say, oh, this is a fantastic human being. He's made contributions or she's made contributions in social area of life. So we confirm you honorary citizenship. Even though some of those honorary citizenship are just in paper, they do not necessarily translate to you having certain rights that citizens of that nation have. But this is pronounced on you and you can parade yourself as an honorary citizen of such a nation. But guess what? This is very similar to what Jesus did for us. We who were supposed to be Gentiles, foreigners, people who were not supposed to be part of the family of God, because of the honor of the blood of Jesus, citizenship has been conferred on us. Citizenship has been conferred on us by grace, through faith, not of our works. See what the Bible says now. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 4. Yeah. 
Ephesians chapter 2, if you read from verse 4, see what the Bible says. Say, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. Reading these scriptures, we see the Apostle Paul describing the privileges we received when we became citizens. Citizens that have rights and obligations. Read that, uh, those number of verses carefully. He was there talking about the privileges we have to become citizens. He was speaking about the privilege that we walk with him in such a way that we are made alive with Jesus Christ. That is what made Jesus to come from the dead. Lives inside of us. The spirit of God lives inside of us. So we are quickened with him. Quickened with Christ Jesus. But we are not just made alive. We are given a prime seat. He said we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's a privilege. The privilege of citizenship. He said, guys, you have a great privilege. You have been called from a nation that should not be a nation. You that were not supposed to be a people, you have become the people of God. And he did not only make you alive with Christ, he made you to sit on the high table with him in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. He said, there's another privilege to come in the future. He said, he shall show you the exceeding riches of his grace. Privileges. But gentlemen and ladies, there's a very big difference between privileges and rights. Hmm? Just like in secular times, the way we confuse rights and privileges and ignore our duties and obligations. We do the same when we come into this ship called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. We do the same. You are entitled to your rights but not to your privileges. You should be grateful for privileges. You are not entitled to it. It is very, very clear that when we became citizens and received those privileges, and of course we do have rights as believers, we have certain things that are granted to us with that we do not need to ask. They are provided as part of the rights of our citizenship. That's not where I want to go today. I want to go to the ones that we ignore. The need for us to have duties. In fact, the reason you have rights is so that you can be able to perform your duties. So the rights we have, the privileges we have as citizens of heaven, as those in the citizenship, the boat, called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, the reason we have those rights and privileges is that we can perform our duties and obligations, which we neglect. Do you understand me? Verse 10 of what we read now in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 made it very clear. It said, guys, guys, you are the workmanship of Jesus Christ. That's another ship. You are his workmanship. Jesus was busy working. 
in a ship called workmanship. He was busy creating new creatures. All things passing away, all things becoming new. He was busy creating us for what reason? Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Created in what? In Christ Jesus for good works. Why? Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Jesus was not given us an assignment that God was not preparing us to do. He said we were created to have, to do good works. And this is one area that we confuse when we read scriptures. You know, when we hear works, what ultimately jumps to our mind are the things that people do to, in their mind, want to merit righteousness. No. It's not talking about those kind of works that people do, those piety, those charities, those things that people do in order to say, Lord, I'm qualified to be a citizen of heaven. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't fornicate. In fact, I give alms to people. I'm a nice guy. I'm a kind person. I don't keep malice. I'm morally sound. It's not those kind of works. It's saying that there are certain works you need to do. But again, it's also not those kind of works that the Bible describes in Galatians as the works of the flesh. It's not those kinds of works. It's not those exhibition of flesh that Jesus, I mean, that the apostle was talking about when he talked about Ephesians 2.10, saying that we were created for good works. He's talking about the works that are produced by our faith. Remember earlier in the, in the uh, passage that we read, he was speaking about the fact that we were saved by grace through faith. And if you recall what uh, Apostle James was teaching, he said, guys, you can't tell me you have faith if you cannot prove it by your works. So the justification for your faith is the physical works you do by reason of the faith. So that faith motivates you, inspires you, equips you, encourages you to do certain kinds of works, acts of faith are these kind of works that we are referring to. So he's saying, as those who are in this citizenship boats, you are required to carry out certain acts of faith which translates to good works. Acts motivated by obedience to the word of God, which then produces a work that people see as good. That is, we've got to make impact. Do you understand? We've got to command some level of respect by reason of the kinds of work we do. So if it is regular, then it is useless. So there has to be a specialized kind of work that we do which is not the same as the kind of work that people who are not in that citizenship both can do. Works inspired by faith. Motivated by faith. Fueled by faith. Continue reading that Ephesians chapter 2. Let me skip some verses and go to verse 19. Verse 19 says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Listen, I'll read that again. Say, Now, therefore, because of what Christ has done, because you have believed in what Christ has done, and you therefore received grace and empowered Saddled with the responsibility of doing good works. He said you are no longer strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens 
with the saints and members of the household of God. He's saying the group where the apostles belong to, you have entered that number. You have become fellow citizens with the saints if you are in the citizenship boat of the kingdom of heaven. You and Father Abraham have become fellow citizens. You have become fellow citizens with the heroes of faith mentioned in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You have become fellow citizens with them. You have become fellow citizens with those who are the cloud of witnesses watching, cheering from heaven, looking at us who are still on this side of eternity. You have become fellow citizens with them. You are no longer strangers and foreigners. For many of us who have just begun the journey of faith, you have just bought your ticket by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and you receive grace and come into the ship. Sometimes you feel you are still not part of this family. It's reminding you, say, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Yes, you may be a new entrant into the citizenship, but it says for you, you've got to keep in mind that you are in a new family. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You are no longer foreigners or strangers. No other person in the ship is more of a citizen than you are. You may be a baby in that boat, but you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Your dressing may still look like that of the world. You are a citizen. Over time, as you continue to fellowship with other citizens, those things begin to change. And they should change. And they must change over time. Your language must change. Your appetites must change. Your values must change. You must become transformed progressively. He said, but guess what? You have entered the boat. You are no longer foreigners. And strangers, but you have become citizens together with all the saints. And guess what? You have become members of the household of God. You have come to a place where God is the Father and Jesus Christ is our big brother, and all of us are brothers and sisters. And it does not matter who is male or female, who is Greek or Hebrew, who is Nigerian or Canadian, we are all citizens of one kingdom. One kingdom, you are fellow citizens with the saints. You have not just come anywhere, but you have come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men make perfect. You've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. That is where you have come, you have entered the boats. You may be new, but you are in the boat. You are different from those who are outside. You are in the boat. You are no longer foreigners and strangers. Let your faith be strengthened. Begin the journey and do it right. You are in the boat. Put away the old man. Don't bring values, language, appetites of the old man into the new boat the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven drop those things leave them behind so that you can indeed look like speak like be like the citizens inside the boat of citizenship of the kingdom of heaven you are members of the household of god we are representatives of god's kingdom Therefore, our values, our conducts, our language, our appetites, our everything must portray our nationality correctly. 
must portray it correctly. So if you are in the boat, called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, it should not matter what your geographical location, your terrestrial locus may be. You must look like, feel like, be like other persons who are in that boat. And this is why I laugh. We seem to have our own variant of Christianity. We say the Nigerian brand of Christianity is different from the US brand of Christianity. There's just one boat. I don't understand what you're talking about. You begin to do things that are clearly fetish, but you call them Christian because you say your justification is because you are in Africa. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. His principles, values are the same. They are no respecter of geographical location. Or some of us, we want to, to localize our Christianity. Oh yes, we're in the same country, Nigeria. But in my brand of denomination and church, this is our own Christianity. There is just one Holy Spirit. There is just one God, the Father. How come your own brand of Christianity is different from other people's brand of Christianity? I'm not speaking about your doctrinal differences. I'm speaking about the core. Our core must be the same. Our core principles, core beliefs, core values must be the same. If indeed we are being led by the same Holy Spirit. Do you have a different Holy Spirit than we have? You say you are born again, but your version of being born again is different from another person's version of being born again. Somebody is not in the boat. You may be in a ship that looks like that is painted in the same color as the ship of the kingdom of heaven. It may be a different boat called religion. And there's a boat called religion different from the boat of the true citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. Come out of the boat of religion and come into the boat of relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what brings citizenship. Not denomination, not religion. It's relationship. And even that is the ship. You say you are representing the, the country called North Korea. But from all your stance, your look, everything about you, you are the one propagating, propelling, and pushing the agenda of US. North Korea and US, everybody knows they have never been on the same page in how many years. So you say you are representing the kingdom of Jesus. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. But the things you do, the way we see you from outside, you are propelling, pro projecting and pushing out things that stand for and promote the kingdom of the devil. Something is not right. Check the boat you are in. Sometimes you have entered the wrong boat without knowing. Check the boat you are in. Check your tickets. Check it well. In this boat called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, we do not only have rights and privileges, we have duties. Duties. Time will not permit me to mention many of them today, but hopefully I can mention a few before time runs out. One of the prime duties, as you have in terrestrial locations, for those who call themselves citizenship of a place, is that you owe that place the duty of loyalty or allegiance. You must be loyal to a place you call your country. You must show allegiance to it. You can't stay in the same boat and castigate the same boat. If that boat goes down, you go down with it. If you call it a zoo, you go down with the zoo. If you don't want to be part of it, there are other things to do. But you cannot be digging the boat where you are in. 
If that boat capsizes, you go down with it. Don't be deceived by nearby boats that say, jump, jump, jump. They don't have the capacity to take you. Let him who has an ear, let him hear. This one is not what the spirit is saying. It's what sense is saying. It's what the signs and others are saying. Loyalty is very key. What will it take you to betray or renounce your citizenship of heaven? We've spoken in earthly terms. It's understandable. But when we take this matter into the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, loyalty is also required. Allegiance is required. A songwriter says, I've heard about saints of old who are brought before a tyrant's throne and they said them, if they will renounce the name of Christ, they will let them live. But one by one, they chose to die. The Son of God, they will not deny. What will it take you, you listening to me this morning, what will it take you to deny your citizenship of heaven or to renounce it? To call the citizens of heaven a zoo. What will it take you? And there are different prizes for different people. What will it take you? You know, I've seen some movies where certain people are sent as spies from a certain nation to go and spy on an enemy nation. And unfortunately, the spies got caught. And they beat and tortured them to confess the information they have. And the spies choose to die. I don't get this one. How can you be in the service of heaven and you run into trouble and God refuses to show for you and you still choose not to deny him? You still choose not to renounce his kingdom. We have an example. I'm sure we have all heard about Leah Sharibu who was taken captive, taken to enemy camp and told to deny Christ like others did. And she said, I'd rather die. I'd rather be humiliated. I'd rather be abused than renounce him. What will it take you? What will it take me? It's easy to preach this. It's easy to hear this. What will it take us to renounce our citizenship of heaven? You know, we are talking, ah, I'm lawyer. I'm lawyer to heaven. I'm lawyer. Everybody's shouting, I'm lawyer. See, loyalty is lip service until it's tested. It's not called loyalty until it's tested. Will you still be loyal to heaven? When in the course of service to heaven, you stand the risk of loss. Losing your life, losing your job, losing your health, losing your money, losing reputation. Will you still be loyal to heaven? As a citizen, and the boat called citizenship of heaven, will you still be loyal? Or is your allegiance to heaven tied to allocation from heaven? Oh, if he gives me this, I continue to be loyal. I continue to have allegiance. But the day allocation stops, I begin to agitate and say, we're not going to agree. This God is not good. This God is not fair. The mouth you have used to tell the world is a good God. You are using it to tell the world it's not that good. Check your loyalty. Is it tied to what you get from him? If the nations of the world demand utmost loyalty from their citizens, what do you think the kingdom of heaven demands? Say, even those who lay their hands on the plow and look back, look, look. They don't look back. Say, they are not worthy to follow him. To be part of that, that work, part of that boat. Just looking back. The standards of heaven are clearly higher, brethren. Don't let's kid ourselves. 
It is the duty of every citizen to be loyal. To be allegiance to the nationality. It is the duty of every Christian to be loyal to the kingdom of heaven. And loyalty is not in what you say. It is what you do. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. The book of Matthew chapter 6. Another way that you have a duty to the kingdom of heaven based on your status of citizenship is that your investments must be in heaven. I read from verse 19. The Bible says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, here the Bible mentions three things that can destroy value. <laughs> I don't have time to teach this today. It said moss. It said rust. It said thieves. It said those guys are present on earth. They are present in the kingdom of the world, in the kingdom of earth. Moth, rust, and thieves. It said but in heaven, they don't have access. So guys, Store up your treasures in heaven. As responsible citizens, in fact, let's bring it home to physical nations. So when you are doing business, all the foreign companies that have their, their presence in Nigeria, there's something they call repatriation of funds. So when they do business and make money, they have to find a way of repatriating the money, the funds that they're able to raise from business back to their country. You don't understand why. For the economy of their country. In fact, some of them, they do trades only among fellow citizens. Even though they are in a foreign land. They make sure they patronize one another. So that they can improve the economy of their own homeland. Do you get the logic now? So even though we are sojourners and foreigners on earth. We are pilgrims on earth. As citizenship of heaven. As citizens of heaven. We are sojourners and foreigners on earth. He said we must be mindful of where our homeland is. It's in heaven. A city that has foundation and whose builder is God. That city is in heaven. He's saying, guys, do not lay out treasures for yourself here on earth. Like that. Translate your treasures to your heavenly account. Saving up your treasures in the headquarter kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. That's where you should save your treasures. As members of this boat called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. We have to repatriate our funds. Our treasures to the kingdom headquarters in heaven. Do you understand? Heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. Do you understand? We've got to put our resources there. Not only that our resources are safe and secure there. It's a responsible behavior of responsible citizens. So we have the duty of showing responsibility to our economy in the kingdom of heaven. It's a duty 
to show responsibility to the economy of the kingdom of heaven. And yes, you know what I'm about to say. You say you are a member of the board, called citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. But your one naira, your one cover is not in God's work. You are joking. You are doing what? You are joking. Oh, some of you will say, oh, but I'm young. I don't yet work. Many of us are working. Many of us are earning a lot of money. But your money is not in kingdom work. You are joking. Where are you storing your treasure? Why? The Bible is very clear. It says, see, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So if your treasure is on earth, your heart will be on earth. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart will be in heaven. Remember what we read when we read the book of Philippians chapter 3 earlier? It says, those who are minding earthly things, their God is their belly. He said their glory is in their shame. He said, but you focus on heavenly things. Colossians chapter 3, if you start reading from verse 1, you see the same thing. He said, don't look on earthly things. Look on the heavenly things. The places you look are the places you are going to. If that's where your treasure is, believe me, that's where your heart will be. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart will be there in heaven. The conduct you, you have daily will portray that you want to go to heaven. Eagerly waiting for the Savior. Eagerly waiting for the Savior. So you pay your tithes? No. You, pay, you give offerings? No. You support church projects? No. And you say you are a member of the board called the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven? You are joking. Check your passport again. I'm, I'm sure it's Oluwole passport. Those who are citizens of the kingdom of heaven show financial responsibility towards that kingdom. Even on earth, excuse me, you pay tax as a citizen. You pay tax. You pay tax, but you don't want to pay tithe. My time is running out. Let me see if I can take one more in about five minutes. One other duty, at least the one that time will take today, that you owe the kingdom of the nation where you claim you have citizenship is patriotism. Defending that nation. Patriotism. You know, growing up in a culture of poor patriotism, a country Nigeria where people are not really patriotic, at least in this generation, you know, it doesn't give us ready examples so we understand what patriotism means. But watch American movies. Look at how Europeans behave. Some African countries, I've been to Ghana frequently, check some African countries. You can see patriotism in everything they do. They love their nation. They serve their nation out of love. They defend their nation. They don't castigate their nation. Others may castigate their nation. They won't castigate their nation. That's patriotism. Others may want to tear their nation. They want to defend their nation. They know they don't have any other nation. They want to make the most of it. They want to project their nation as the best. Even though every nation has its own ills and flaws. Out of love, they devote themselves to their nation. Defending the values, the interests, the image of their nationality. This is what is expected of us as kingdom citizens. We must defend the values of heaven. We must defend the interests of heaven. 
We must defend the image of heaven. Defend, I didn't say you carry sword or carry gun. No. It's the way you live. It's the way you conduct yourself around people who are not members of the kingdom. When they speak against the kingdom, you are to defend the kingdom. He said, that is my nation you are talking about. I'm a citizen of heaven. In your presence, they are castigating pastors and tearing them to pieces. Pastors are representatives of your kingdom. They are ambassadors like you. And you join them to be clapping. Continue. You defend the image, the interest, the values of your nationality. Are you a patriotic citizen of heaven? Or you are just playing church? As we conclude, time is up. The text we read earlier, I'm going to read it again. Book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. If you read up to chapter 4 and verse 1. The Bible says, Do not set your mind on earthly things. Mind, mind. It starts in the mind. If you are going to be in a boat called citizenship of the kingdom of heaven, you must locate your mind in heaven, not on earth. Don't set your mind on earthly things. Don't tune your mind to the channels of earthly values, but heavenly values. The Bible says, eagerly wait for the Savior. It must not be a passive waiting. It must be a conscious, deliberate effort. Like those who truly want him to come. Who are expecting him to come. Who are waiting for the king. And therefore our conduct changes because we are waiting for the king. We are prepared. We live prepared. Last but not the least. It says in the last uh, uh, statement of that Philippians chapter 4 verse 1. It says stand fast in the Lord. Stand or something. Stand fast in the Lord. You see, he who thinks he stand, let it take it, lest he fall. You can be in the boat and think you are standing. He said, mm, hold something. Hold on to the word of faith. Hold on. Hold on. Check yourself that you are standing. Because Jesus is coming for members of that boat who are standing. And guess what? Some people have been deported before. Some people have deported themselves. But we finish well. May these boats keep sailing us to the headquarter kingdom in heaven. May we not lose out. May we not find ourselves miserable in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you. As many of you who are in the boats and are wondering how will this journey be? I am struggling. May you receive strength this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. May you receive grace to do your duty. As citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And for as many who are yet to enter. After this message. I pray Holy Spirit. Please convict and convert. And admit into the boat. Called the citizenship of heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus mighty name. We pray. Put your hands together for Jesus. And join us next week. For another encounter. In the ships of life. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dauda Street of Eric Mosso Lagos. God bless you.